Great. Okay, thank you. Okay, and so the song is still embedded in the red slide, number 27? Correct. I just added the how to donate to Wes on that slide as well, and I updated the link to a tiny CC so it's easier for folks to get to. Cool. So John, do you want to click back to the slide, to, to go to slide 25? Let's walk through slides 25, 26, 27, just see what they look like for a second. Okay, so I'll be discussing it. You can go to that slide. Then when I say this week, sorry, let me roll back to what the slides are. Do, 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 it says, usually the Sunday collection is split down the middle. When I say that, you could flip to the slide 26. When we talk to someone, I say split down the middle. While I'm describing that, if you would like, you can text, leave it there. Yeah, leave it at that slide. Whether your gift, we also give thanks to our um, guest musician. So then you could switch to the, to the next slide once we get to the part where it's time for the music. Okay. When, um, what I was thinking was when you introduced the song, El Conda Pasa, El yes. Condora Pasa, that's my cue for Changes. popping over yes. and then I will Perfect. start it. Perfect. Yep. That's great. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. Um, well, sorry, let me write the second one thinking about it. Turn off my making noise thing of my phone. Um, and so, okay, so then we can just jump ahead. We took, so we did the thank yous, um, reminder about the vigil, things, thank you for being, and now a special invitation from auction chair, Sarah Morris. And so then we will turn things over to Sarah. And I'll do my part. Is my audio okay? You sound great. Yep. And you don't mind introducing okay. the song at the end? No, I'll say, see you tonight. Now let's enjoy together our closing song of the month, We Shall Be Known. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Great. And then John, you'll switch to that. And then after the song, it will come back to me. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words, et cetera, in our quest for a better world. And then I'll invite people to the virtual coffee hour. I'll drop the, we'll put the link in the chat, et cetera, connecting with Maceo and saying goodbye. It'll all be on the screen. Perfect. Awesome. Um, Karen, did you see my email this morning? I did not. Okay, so there was a um, death in the extended West family. Oh, okay. Um, and I and I don't want to not talk about the hurricane. Okay. But I don't know if we can do two things. Yep. All um, right. Let me look at the email. Yep. Uh, it, I'm sorry. You, if you're not able to see it right now, I can tell you. Yeah, no, I just, I'm just hoping it. Okay. Backelman Wexstein. Wexstein, Wexstein, do we know? I'm not familiar. Uh, I think it's Wexstein. Wexstein, okay. Mm. Um, this is from Hugh Taft Morales. He was, he's good friends with the family. Gotcha, okay. So they, um, I offered to do a Zoom or to be their graveside person, but they went with Hugh because they know him and. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yes, okay, 
that's yes i will in incorporate that as well i can do i think we can do both <clears throat> for sure thank you for calling that sorry i hadn't looked at the email that's okay i <laughs> like i get into my seat by 10 o'clock by some <laughs> gift of fate and yeah the odds odds of my having read my email on sunday morning are um okay what was the other thing oh the other thing i wanted to know tell me so i try to have most of my platform addresses have an emotional journey in them and like a personal um have them feel personal but this one is a lot more research heavy mm -hmm. um and hopefully there's something for everyone right mm -hmm. um i'm wondering if it would be useful if someone um like drop either if it would it be useful to drop some of those links in the chat as i go or would it be better for me to make like a little links from today's platform doc and put it up on google docs i think i would do the latter um partly because we're trying to kind of um because we closed the chat during the address right mm -hmm. and i think um yeah, I would suggest the latter rather than driving people even more into their headspace. So I, I, yep. I would let them process it and we can say at the end of the, the I, can, I can say or you can say at the end of the talk that we'll share that for those who want to learn more um, that you'll be sharing a Google Doc with links to the mm -hmm. research. Okay. Um, Just FYI. We're getting close, so we're live on Google right now. Okay. Okay. So, but yes, I would not, I would not put the links in the chat today. Okay. So we need like a little live on air thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, we can go live now. It's two minutes early if everybody want if everybody's ready. Start greeting people. We good to go, people? Uh, I think so. Okay. Thanks. Start webinar. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome as you join us via Zoom and via Facebook. We're delighted to have you with us this morning here at the Ethical Society remote virtual experience. Welcome as you come on in, please say hello in the chat. Encourage you to um, set your chat settings to all panelists and attendees so that everyone can know that you're saying hello. This is also a great time to get a candle to light during the candle lighting. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Walter and Susan. Good morning, Hunter, Mirica, and Vivian. Yay, good morning. Our newest, probably the littlest member. <laughs> good morning, Robin. Morning, Terry and Shirley. Good morning, all of the Dakins. 
Good morning, Susan. Great to have everyone here today. Good morning, Joe and Darwin. Good morning, Peter. Again, it's great to have everyone gathering this morning or whatever time of the day it might be from wherever you are joining us. Encourage you to uh, us and Pam up at the Canadian board near the Canadian border. Good morning, Judy Ohm. Good morning, Christine and Trang and Donna. Encourage you to uh, get a candle to light during our candle lighting and a beverage of your choice and find a comfy spot to settle while we wait for others to join us this morning. Good morning, of course, to our friends on Facebook as well. Good morning, Johnny and Wayne. Yes, good morning, Josh. Great to be with you too. Good morning, Tyler's. The good people of West are glad you are here too. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Perry B. Glad you're with us. A reminder to folks as you're joining us, we encourage you to say hello in the chat. If you said it to all panelists and attendees, everyone will see your greeting. This is a great time to get a candle for the candle lighting portion of our morning and uh, find your preferred beverage, and a comfortable seat. Good morning, Sonia. Glad to have you here this morning. Ah, thank you, Judy. Judy Ohm says, joy to see us all. This is one of the most energizing times of her week. I think that's hopefully true for many of us, but it is, a, it is certainly a lovely time to be together. It's a, hot, you know, a unique time of our week to be able to gather in this way. Hannah and Brennan, I'm guessing, are asking, is anyone else not getting audio? I'm gathering not. I think, yep, Robin's saying sound is good on her end. Um, Sue Smith is saying glad to be with you all. Yes, indeed. Joe Klein's also saying audio is fine there. So, hmm, Hannah and Brennan, sorry you're having trouble there. Trang is also saying audio is good for her. Lynn, good morning, Lynn. I'm very glad that you're here with us this morning <laughs> since you're our star attraction. <laughs> So we'll wait another few moments to allow folks to, to settle and address, adjust some technical settings, perhaps, if that is uh, the problem. Hello, Roberta. Uh, Judy Ohm is suggesting to check whether 
your device is connected recently to Bluetooth speaker or headphones, that that might be the culprit on sound. It's nice to have a whole tech team with us. Excuse me one second, I dropped something. Okay, I'm back. Um, <laughs> they're working on the tech on their side, it sounds like, Hannah and Brennan. <laughs> Good. Well, oh, I'm not sure what to suggest there, I'm afraid. Hopefully that can get, res you can sort that out. Or have you tried, I'm not sure if you're guessing you're on Zoom, maybe trying on the Facebook side in case that, oh, trying on the phone. Hopefully that will, ah, good. I'm glad you found uh, a, a functioning option. Very glad to hear that. Great. So again, folks, if you want to say hello as you join us in the chat, find your candle. Yes, thanks for the team troubleshooting, indeed. Uh, get your candle and your beverage and your seat. We'll take just another moment. Let the tech issues kind of drift away. Oh, Brian and Lauren are with us. Good morning. We will begin to truly be in the space together with the attendant audio. And in just a moment, we will be able to begin. And we will start this morning with opening words from Lynn. Good morning, I'm Lynn Cox. I'm the interim leader of the Washington Ethical Society. You can use they, them, or she, her pronouns for me. This morning, we're reflecting on tomorrow's observance of Indigenous Peoples Day and how the roots of injustice toward Indigenous people are also the roots of injustice toward other communities such as immigrants. Opening words are adapted from words by my colleague, Laura Bogle. We gather here to remember that this is our home, but not just ours. This land we live on, this water we drink, this air we breathe, these old mountains that hold us steady to our ground, these forests that give us their healing green, these flowers that give us their beauty and fragrance, these fields that give us our daily bread, these stars that show us our place the wilderness and the tame backyards, all of it our home. We remember the ancestors who have lived on this land and who have shaped it. The Nanticoke, the Piscataway, the Kanoi, the Lenni Lenape, the Powhatan, the Susquehannock, the settlers, the enslaved people and their descendants, the sailors, the farmers, the hunters, the immigrants, the artists, the families, the explorers, the business people, the engineers, the builders, the scientists, the teachers, the workers, the leaders. We inherit their choices. We honor the animals and creatures that have made their home in this land, the ones here now and the ones that used to be here. We envision the future generations who will live on this land and let their voices fill our hearts. We gather here to remember that this is our home, but not just ours. 
May it be so. Let us gather. We begin today's platform with opening music from our guest musician, Christian Perez. We're working on fixing that folks so bear with us just a moment and we will circle back with the the audio that will go with that lovely video that we saw the first bit of so just bear with us one moment if you would please while we we have we, see, we seem to have audio gremlins this morning so we're working on that in the meantime we can continue to reflect now oh, here we go we're going to try it again I know for a fact, since I share the household with our audio person, that it was working just fine earlier. So we're going to try it again. Here we go.
Well, as some have mentioned in the chat, that is indeed worth waiting for. And like a river, there's flow and meander, but we'll get there eventually. Well, welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Karen Schofield Leica. My pronouns are per, hers, short, painful person. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Even as we gather in new ways, it is good to be together. And yes, I do hear an echo as well. Um, well, if I mute my computer, then you won't hear me at all. <laughs> so I'm going to pause for a moment. And it appears that it has resolved. Okay, thank you. So again, my name is Karen Schofield Lega. I am very glad that you are with us this morning. And visitors, we are especially pleased to welcome you from near and far. And we hope that you'll say hello in the chat. And you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot, that's M-A-C-E-O-T, at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form, and that's going to be in the chat. And we hope you'll join us after the platform service in our Zoom coffee hour later for a chance to say hello. Our chat is going to stay open through much of the platform service, uh, closing for the address itself and then reopening. And so if you're not the kind of person who likes to see the chat happening during the morning's proceedings, uh, this is a good time to minimize it on your device. And so you can either click on the red dot that is either at the upper left of the chat box or clicking at the chat icon at the bottom or the top of your screen, depending on your system and device, or go low tech and just stick some post-it note or something over it so that you don't see it. Low tech works as well, sometimes even better. So each week, a member of our community reads our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. And if you are interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up by going to tiny.cc slash read SOP. So that's again, tiny.cc slash R-E-A-D-S-O-P. This week, our reader is Abby Dakin, a member of the Board of Trustees, who has also served on the SEEK, which is uh, Sunday Ethical Education for Kids Council, as a SEEK teacher, as a schmoozapalooza lunch maker, oh, how we miss those days, a Sunday coffee maker, a knitting group leader, and in countless other ways. And now I invite Abby to read our statement of purpose. Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and for the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Abby. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. 
May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of folks in Louisiana recovering from Hurricane Delta. And we also have um, some folks nearer to home that we are mindful of as well. We've just learned that a member of our extended community, Aaron Fackelman Wexstein, was laid to rest in a private family ceremony yesterday. He was just 25 years old. While Aaron's family were never members of Wes, Aaron had attended the teen group with friends. And so we hold Aaron's family and friends in our hearts as they grieve. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. So be it. Thank you so much, Karen. This is a story about sharing, about taking risks, and about how even when things turn out well, there are lasting consequences. This story is sometimes identified as originating from the Muscogee Creek people. Sometimes this story is identified as coming from their neighbors, the Cherokee people, who also call themselves the Tzlagi. Both nations were forced out of their original ancestral lands when the United States passed the Indian Removal Act of 1830, and both remained sovereign indigenous nations with their own governments. This is a story rich in symbolism and metaphor. Let's listen for what kinds of values this story is trying to communicate. I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. When the earth was first made, it was very dark and the animals were afraid. One day, Bear said, I have seen light on the other side of the world. Perhaps we could take some for ourselves. The others thought this was a splendid idea and started to discuss who should go first. I'll go, said Fox. Fox went and stole a piece of light in his mouth, but it was so hot it burned his mouth and he dropped it. And the fox still has a black mouth to this day. Possum tried next. He wrapped the light in his tail and tried to drag it back, but it was too hot and he dropped it. That is why no possum has fur on its tail. 
Crow said, let me try. And he went off to steal the light, but when he got close, it singed all of his feathers and he turned black. He was so afraid he ran away. Finally, Grandmother Spider said, I will go. When she reached the light, she was surprised by how hot it was. She thought of a plan and began to spin and spin and spin with her silky web. Soon she had enough for a bag. She approached the light and quick as a flash tucked the light into her bag. When she got back, the animals were triumphant. Hooray for Grandmother Spider, they all shouted. Grandmother Spider was happy to give them the light. We should hang the light in the sky so all can be warmed by it, she said. The other animals thought that too was a good idea, but how to get it in the sky? I will go, said Vulture. He took the bag of light and put it on his head. It was hot, but he could stand it. He flew higher and higher and the bag got hotter and hotter. He climbed higher and his feathers turned black. Still higher and the feathers on his head burned off. Still higher and his head turned red. At the last possible second, he threw the light into the sky as hard as he could and the sun hung bright and beautiful, warming all the land. So ends the story. When we think about starting a new world, one where everyone can share in the warmth of the sun, we will need cooperation and bravery. We won't be the same in that new world, but it will have been worth it. Let's reflect on that as we enter into a time of meditation. I invite you to settle into your seat, to close your eyes or soften your gaze, and take a deep, gentle breath and release it. Adjust your posture as needed to find a state where your body is at ease. And take another full, easy breath and release. Continue to breathe in a relaxed way. In our story, we heard about the legacy of light and warmth that the animals gave us many generations ago. What is another gift you has re received from an ancestor, whether someone you knew during their lifetime or someone who came before? Think about that gift and breathe. Laurel Lyons is a Native American faith keeper of the Turtle Clan of the Seneca Nations. He is also chief of the Onondaga Nation or Hill Place people, one of the original five constituent nations of the Haudenosaunee in the Northeast of North America. 
and a recognized advocate of indigenous rights of the Iroquois Confederacy. Lyons writes, we are looking ahead as is one of the first mandates given us as chiefs to make sure and to make every decision that we make relate to the welfare and well-being of the seventh generation to come. What about the seventh generation? Where are you taking them? What will they have? Consider what legacy will you be leaving to the next generation and the next? What will persist out to seven generations, some 140 years hence? Will it be a gift or a burden to those who live beyond your own span of years? Will they cherish you for this legacy? Ponder and breathe as we continue our meditation in silence.
about you? I found that mesmerizing. As an introduction to our platform this morning, I'll be sharing a reading, We Are Not Guests, by Alicia Ford. Am I a guest here, here in this house? Are you? Are we guests here, here in this house? And whose house do we inhabit? In the small world of our lives, the borders between us, easements, fences, gates, hedges, serve to delineate, to separate us, to remind us of where my property begins and ends, where your property begins and ends. If you cross over, you are a trespasser or a guest in my house. You've worked to own this small plot of land and the house erected on it. You've claimed it. It is now part of yourself, your definition of self, your identity. If I cross over your fences, I am a trespasser or a guest in your house. What does it mean then that in 1845, the United States crossed over into Mexico and took half of that country, took land, resources, labor? Was the US trespasser, guest? Are there to be no consequences for taking what does not belong to you? Should we simply forget whose house we inhabit? To speak of hospitality and immigration often erases historical context the actions of the past that have led us step-by-step step into this current predicament. Professor Miguel de la Torre writes, perhaps it might be more accurate to speak of the responsibility of restitution rather than the virtue of hospitality. Hospitality in this case implies that the house belongs to us that the land, the resources that are a part of this house is ours. And we who now live here are being virtuous in our willingness to share. It erases the history that would have us remember that those who cross the border today, those choosing to brave the harsh conditions of the desert, those who face the possibility of death, imprisonment, deportation, criminalization, are doing so because the U.S. once crossed their borders to extract their resources and labor. It is, for them, a matter of survival. It is, for the U.S., a matter of restitution. The prospect of restitution is scary. Where do we begin? With Mexico? With Native Americans? With territories? with the descendants of those who were enslaved? How do we acknowledge and address the complexities of our history, present, and, if we're not conscious, future of dominance? What would right relationship look like? What conditions and considerations would make it restitution possible? And, for us in this community, what would it mean for us to shake off the idea of hospitality as a central principle 
that is often attached to immigration and delve into the concept of restitution. Whose house do we inhabit? For we are not hosts, we are not owners, nor are we guests. What then is our responsibility? Thank you, Karen. One of the things I notice about the values expressed in the story, Grandmother Spider Brings the Light, is that none of the characters attempt to keep the sun for themselves. In this legend, we are entering a paradigm in which the basic necessities of life are shared freely. In the world of the story, members of the community are willing to sacrifice for the benefit of all. The warmth of the sun is something that would be ridiculous to hoard. Part of the sun's worth comes from the way it shines on the whole community and the way in which the whole community works together in response. Each character makes suggestions and participates in the work and even the setbacks give the whole community something to learn from. Proximity to raw power leaves its mark on some, and this is another reason to take turns. In the world of the story, people understand that their well-being is bound up together. These values stand in sharp contrast to the values brought to this continent by European conquest and, and colonization. The colonization mindset is still a strong current in United States law and policy and culture. The assumptions of colonization influence ideas and customs about property ownership, the scale of impact of moral choices, and what it means to be an American. The way we understand class, race, education, the use of force in civil society, and so much more is tangled up in the mindset of colonization. Among the urgent issues arising from these roots is that of immigration justice. The way we understand who is welcome in our communities and how we demonstrate that is filtered through the assumptions of colonization. Justice for indigenous people is one aspect of the project of dismantling systemic racism. Economic justice is an aspect of dismantling systemic racism. Immigration justice is an aspect of dismantling systemic racism. The abstract concept can be dizzying when we first become aware of the connections between all of the issues that bring suffering and division in our society. Today's address has a lot of history and facts. It's a little bit more research heavy than most of mine. So um, after platform, we'll put out a document with references and link so you don't need to feel like you have to take notes because it can be complicated. So we might begin by focusing on our relationships and on understanding that our interrelatedness extends beyond our immediate circles. We show up for our neighbors because of our common humanity, because we are connected in community, and because our liberation is bound up together. 
we work to understand how the myths of colonization have affected our minds so that we can clear away the obstacles to rich and full relationships with all of our neighbors and loved ones. The impact of injustice for indigenous people and for immigrants is closer to home for some of us than others. Wes includes people from a variety of backgrounds. When we add just one degree further to include consequences for our spouses, our children, and closed loved ones, many of us have a very personal view of the effects of systemic racism in affairs related to indigenous communities and policies toward immigrant communities and in a variety of government actions that fall especially heavily on people of color. If it's not you or someone in your immediate inner circle who is impacted by any given manifestation of systemic racism, it is almost certainly a friend in this Zoom room or someone close to them. Shifting our priorities to be rooted in love means remembering that threats to indigenous sovereignty, cruelty and abuse in our immigration system, out of control policing that destroys lives in favor of property, all of these things affect specific human beings, people we care about. Indeed, the very assertion that people we care about are human beings with human rights, people who deserve dignity and self-determination, flies in the face of colonization. So let's step back a bit and look at the roots of that philosophy. In her book, An Indigenous People's History of the United States, Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz traces the roots of the European mindset of conquest back to the Crusades, heading into the Inquisition and to the enclosure of public lands in the 1600s. She writes that the privatization of common lands, creating a permanent underclass of landless poor, was both an expression of the trend in European conquest and also one of its mechanisms. She writes, the traumatized souls thrown off the land as well as their descendants became the land-hungry settlers enticed to cross a vast ocean with the promise of land and attaining the status of gentry, end quote. In essence, what happened with enclosure was to more deeply codify the idea that a few people mattered, but most didn't, and that property mattered more than the majority of people. Meanwhile, the Crusades, which was an attempt to take control of lucrative trade routes, also brought new avenues for oppression. Dunbar-Ortiz reminds us that this period brought us the papal law, Olympiese de Sangre, cleanliness of blood, beginning in 1449. Clean blood referred to ancestry that was exclusively Christian. So in other words, even converting to Christianity did not bring legal equality to those whose ancestors were Jewish or Muslim. Some people are more important than others. Only some people are really human. It is not an accident that this is the same period of history that brought us the doctrine of discovery. In 1452, Pope Nicholas V decreed that so-called Christian nations had permission for the conquest, colonization, and exploitation of non-Christian territories and peoples. And this became a cornerstone of international law. 
1823, the United States Supreme Court ruled that the discovery rights of European sovereigns, again, going back to people law to 1452, the discovery rights of European sovereigns had been transferred to the new United States. Indigenous ways need not be respected, according to the Supreme Court in 1823. Some people are more important than others. Only some people are really people. And who gets to be a human being, who gets to have human rights, is inextricably tied with the thirst for wealth and the desire of conquering nations to extract resources and labor from land and people not their own. These are not natural laws. These are not ethics that are universal for all people. Civilizations all over the world have shown that other ways are possible, ways built on mutual relationship and community thriving. But the baseline assumptions of conquest helped make all of the mystery, misery of colonization possible. These baseline assumptions fed the lies that justified the enslavement of human beings generation to generation because the extraction of wealth for the few was more important than the human rights of the many. We can plainly see that the destruction that this worldview brought to all of the places that were targeted for conquest. But this mindset wasn't done destroying lives in Europe either. There may have been periods of uneasy peace when it seemed like enlightenment might eventually bring liberation to all, or at least all who could be admitted to European universities. But the bargain was still built on inequality. And in times when there was land or wealth to be gained by the few, or in times when scarcity arrived and the ruling class needed someone to blame, the illusion fell apart. Felix Adler, educated in Germany in the 1870s, absorbed the hope that it was possible for people to regard one another as full human beings. But the powers of division had been dug too deeply. The legacy of dehumanization was still there, and the horrors of World War I and World War II showed that once again, only some people were regarded as human. It has been observed that the phrase illegal immigrant was not in popular use until World War II, and it was first used to describe Jewish refugees. You may recall that the potential arrival of these refugees in the United States led to another layer of racism and cruelty in U.S. immigration policy on top of the racism and cruelty in laws such as the Chinese Exclusion Act. The attempt to keep out Jewish and Eastern European refugees based on concepts of race rooted in blood brought immigration quotas to carefully control who was allowed in. Having no place to go, those subject to Nazi persecution were tortured and slaughtered. It was this experience that led Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel to coin the phrase that makes the first half of the title of this platform, no human being is illegal. Wiesel said, no, that no human being is illegal. That is a contradiction in terms. Human beings can be beautiful or more beautiful. They can be fat or skinny. They can be right or wrong, but illegal? How can a human being be illegal? 
Yet in 2018, the U.S. Department of Justice instructed U.S. attorney offices to refer to undocumented immigrants as illegal aliens. Immigration attorney Shahid Hakusrath explains that this term is used to dehumanize immigrants and divorce us from thinking of them as human beings. Are we clear how we got here? Are we clear about how the dehumanization of indigenous people, the dehumanization of people who were enslaved, the dehumanization of immigrants and refugees, even to this day, are all related? When it benefits the few to exploit people and land and all of our relations in order to extract wealth, that system rests on the idea that only some of us are humans. Only some of us are worthy. Only some of us deserve human rights. There are lies that are told to make it seem like some of us have provisional worth, conditional humanity, lies that try to entice us to help maintain this system. Lies such as purity of blood or the superiority of Euro-American definition of civilization, or that scarcity comes from the arrival of other poor people rather than from rich people hoarding wealth. We need to untangle all of it so that we can remember that we are in relationship with each other. Colonization has been part of Western civilization for so long, it has infected our minds and hearts. Few of us are immune from subtle messages about the worth or lack of worthiness of people, especially people who do not contribute to, the, to wealth as it is commonly measured, right? This idea of worthiness based on what we produce. Our liberation is bound up together. Like the people in the story, Grandmother Spider Brings the Light, we can operate with a different mindset one of collective well-being and shared wisdom. To get there, we will need to rethink our assumptions about the way people are permitted to live and move in the world. And that brings us back to rethinking the rules and customs around us, a network of assumptions that rests on colonization. Basing the United States legal system on the belief that indigenous forms of government were and are not valid, and that indigenous value systems were and are inferior, meant that the treaty rights and governmental systems of sovereign indigenous nations have not been respected. If we take indigenous sovereignty seriously, different solutions become evident. When we consider the issues of immigration justice, to take just one example, many assume that the United States government is the only entity that can determine who remains within and who is expelled from the territory between Millinocket, Maine and San Diego, California, let alone the territories currently known as Alaska and Hawaii. Elizabeth Ellis, assistant professor at New York University and a citizen of the Peoria tribe of Oklahoma, questions this paradigm. She writes, if we reposition ourselves and think about migration, not as American citizens, as documented or undocumented, but as settlers who have built lives and identities on indigenous lands and often at the expense of ind indigenous peoples, this conversation looks very different. She goes on to say, in articulating support for these critical immigration reforms, many typically appeal to humanitarian sympathy 
and visions of a modern world that provide all humans with the right to migration and citizenship. Yet we often forget that Native people have been fighting the United States efforts to carve borders into their homelands and territories for centuries. And in many ways, we have come to see exclusionary borders as a natural and normal state of international relations. In this context then, including Native people in the conversation, both bolsters challenges to U.S. borders and provides Haudenosaunee confed uh, provides alternative models of relationality and nationhood that may help us reimagine solutions to our current humanitarian crisis. Alice gives us a number of historical examples and contemporary applications in her full article, and that'll be in the links that we'll send out after platform. Remembering that we are all related then, we include immigration justice and supporting indigenous sovereignty among our action plans for anti-racism and anti-oppression. As we heard in the reading that Karen shared, we can think of this in terms of restitution, in addition to being simply ethical and in right relationship with a goal for the common good. Not every person can do everything, yet we can coordinate in this community and with our community partners to embrace the whole circumference of the ethical manifold. We do this not simply out of compassion, but with recognition that another world is possible, a world of right relationship, and we hope to live into that world and make it as real as possible as soon as possible. This Indigenous Peoples Day weekend, there are two action items that might interest you. There's a bill in the U.S. House of Representatives, the Truth and Healing Commission on Indian Boarding School Policy in the United States, which aims to help us come to terms with the atrocities committed against Indigenous children and their families through boarding schools. Contact whoever will listen to you in the U.S. House of Representatives and let them know your thoughts on this bill. There's a lot of history to unpack, and this is a place to start. While you've got the attention of your favorite member of Congress, you can ask them about the Native American Voting Rights Act. Indigenous voters are subject to many of the familiar voter suppression tactics, such as reduced polling places and interrupted mail service. Check out the Lakota People's Law Project for more information on both of those. I asked Ross Wells of Wes's immigration justice team for some other ideas about how we can work together toward collective liberation. Ross reminded me of the Food Justice Initiative, which is connected with Sanctuary DMV. The Food Justice Initiative is a systemic program rooted in justice that helps immigrant families, regardless of immigration status, access mutual aid in the form of food and other necessities. Keep in mind that the COVID relief bill blocked aid to families in which any person in the household is undocumented. The Food Justice Initiative gives us a chance to stay in touch with our neighbors and the needs they identify for themselves. Wes's immigration justice team has also been monitoring the situation of Binsar Siaha'an, who was snatched from his faith community, Glenmont United Methodist Church, when ICE showed up and lied about the purpose of their visit. Wes members may recall your past support of Rosa Gutierrez Lopez, who has been living in sanctuary at Cedar Lane UU Congregation. Ross points out that the strong organization of the sanctuary team at Cedar Lane made it much more difficult for ICE to try the kind of underhanded tactics they used to arrest Binsar, 
and that community support makes a tremendous difference. If you are on Wes's Immigration Justice Action email list, stay tuned for possible actions we can take to support Bensar and help him return to his family. Ross told me doing support work changes you as it changes the world. You meet people who are not anything like you from different races, classes, faiths, and worldviews. It is the antidote to helplessness in the time of neo-fascism as well. There are so many opportunities to join in. He said West members have written letters, gathered materials and funds, and attended vigils. The work is ongoing. Humanism to me is a worldview in which we seek human solutions to human problems. And most problems are human problems. The few problems that are facts of the natural world are made exponentially worse by human choices to favor greed and selfishness over the recognition of our interrelatedness. Intellectual rigor and a humanist outlook lead us to dismantle the fallacies that undergird conquest and colonization. To note clearly the common roots of injustice affecting indigenous peoples, people of color and immigrants. And to turn toward right relationship in our thinking and in our practice. Let us remember that we are all related and that our liberation is bound up together. So be it. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can share what resonated with you today. A framing question might help spark a memory of a personal experience or your direct observation. It's like a writing prompt, you can use it or not. Today's framing question is, where have you seen restitution or repair in relationships between indigenous and non-indigenous communities or between immigrant and non-immigrant communities? Reflecting on our interrelatedness on the ethical manifold of connections between communities, where has repair already begun? And what opportunities do we have to grow repair and restitution in our work for indigenous sovereignty and immigration justice? Let's contemplate, rest, and reflect as we experience the beauty of the musical response. Hello, my name is Christian Perez. I'm a guitarist and composer from Argentina, and I've been living here in the U.S. Um, for almost 20 years, about 18. Um, today I'm going to have a special guest joining me, uh, Bulgarian flutist Yana Nicole. She will be joining me on most of the songs, except for one. So the first piece that we prepare for you is a piece called The Lonely Shepherd and it's a very popular piece in South America in the style of Indian music with pan pipes and traditional instruments. So for a long time I thought that this piece uh, was a traditional song from that area, from Bolivia, Peru, but it wasn't until recently that I found out it, that it was composed by a Turkish composer. So we hope that you enjoyed that arrangement uh, as well as the other pieces that we prepare for you. And thanks to Leah and everyone from the Washington Ethical Society for uh, letting us share some music with you.
Thank you, Lynn, and thank you to the musicians for that beautiful music. This is the time when we can add our own voices, albeit in written form, to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. Uh, I encourage you to consider the questions that Lynn posed to us, which are, where have you seen restitution or repair in relationships between indigenous and non-indigenous communities or between immigrant and non-immigrant communities. And I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or Facebook comments. Again, think about setting your chat settings to pan all panelists and attendees. I can see already that the chat statements are somewhat long and are gonna come through quickly. So I'm not sure I'm gonna catch them all as they go by, but I encourage you to read along. I will catch a few as I can. Um, there's some questions about the music, and I think um, earlier in the chat there were some links to the musicians' sites, um, and I think we'll try and share those again after the platform as well. Um, I think Terry Smith, I saw earlier, was making mention of the fact that in Australia, he observed that public events regularly acknowledge the fact that the events are taking place on land that had been um, traditionally the responsibility of Native peoples, and, um, and Sonia noticing that Wes has occasionally done that as well, and perhaps raising the notion that we might normalize that behavior as well. Um, let's see, Vincent is um, commenting the music, and the idea of anyone owning land, the idea of owning a waterway, anyone owning anything that grows, any part of the earth is ridiculous. The earth and everything, and it belongs to everyone. I see the problem coming from people trying to hoard, taking more than their share and refusing to do their part in the upkeep of the earth and the things found in it and on it. And the refusal to help other people that also reside on mother earth. Many more comments about how the most beautiful music I've ever heard here at Wes. Um, Jeff saying the title of today's platform reminds me of something from his childhood growing up in New York on Long Island, Long Island. <laughs> we were taught that Peter Minuit purchased the land of Manhattan for $24 and we thought, ha ha, dumb Indians. What I learned much later was that Minuit was dealing with the wrong tribe. He made the transaction with the Karanasis in what is now present day Brooklyn, the real indigenous people in Manhattan, the Wekhasigiks. I'm sorry I've mispronounced that. We're not pleased with this deal and wage war against the Dutch for years. Maybe we should think hot dumb white man. Um, <clears throat> let's see, asking more about, we'll, again, we'll try and share links about the music. I think it looks like Lynn has dropped them in the chat below. Um, I want to know more about restitution, um, what that might look like. And I'm thinking of the huge epigenetic trauma for all peoples whose land and lives have been so destroyed by colonization and this horrible excuse for it. Peter, I don't think we should eliminate music with words. It's nice to include instrumental music, but music with words is also very important, right? Well, we'll have some of that as well later, Peter. So something for everyone across the span of our activities, for sure. Mika's saying, I was really inspired by the mass donations that came from Ireland to the DNA through the Navajo COVID relief fund. It would be great if the US could likewise support the DNA through better access to basic facilities. Terry, ah, uh, sorry. Terry's noticing that his initial comment came to just the panelists, um, that he's restating what I had noticed earlier. Um, very pl powerful platform and beautiful music. 
Uh, Julie's noting indigenous people face discrimination and brutality throughout the world. I know that Canada has much to repair, but I have been impressed that our northern neighbors refer to Canadians as First Nations peoples. Um, Rich from Baltimore, all humans and other living creatures face a harsh tomorrow and even today with a warming planet. If we considered five, seven future generations as indigenous communities do, we could have a brighter future. We have an easy choice. Uh, and at least some for a Harvard alumna university, her alumna uh, alma mater has started to acknowledge that the university is located on the traditional land of the Massachusetts people and that they tried to honor that legacy. And notes, I'm proud of my great aunt LaRue Piatiamos, who left our family to pursue a life that honored Native Americans through her art. Um, John is noting, I grew up on land taken from the Pequot tribe. If anyone is traveling through Southeast Connecticut post-COVID, you can visit the Mashahanatucket Pequot Museum, which provides a walk through history of the U.S. as told from the perspective of the indigenous peoples. Um, Joe saying, I don't know of an example I've witnessed in person up close, but I am reminded of how many non-Native people joined in protesting the Keystone Pipeline in support of the Native communities whose homes and lives it was scheduled to damage. Um, Maceo, I'm still regularly impressed with the West community's acknowledgments of how America has been built on exploitation of people and the work to find equity now. Vincent Tyler, uh, I think, resharing his comments that might have been just panelists earlier. Um, Alfred, is, New Zealand has transformed the anniversary of the signing of the Treaty of Waitanangi, wherein the Maori acceded to demands by the colonists in exchange for recognition of its rights from a day of independence to a day of reflection about the abrogation of that treaty. Um, Trish appreciating Maceo's comments. Joe noting that in surge workshops, we used to begin with a statement about the land and peoples who were first there, thanks to Laura Bradshaw. Julie Drizzen, the anti-littering commercial of the 1970s that featured a stereotypical American Indian crying because of trash on the land and water was the first message that woke people up to the pollution they caused, their impact on the planet. But it all subtly projected the message that native people have greater connection and respect for nature from a frontline documentary on plastics, I really found out that the actor was actually Italian, just an FYI. So also important issues around representation and um, manipulation of imagery that we need to be aware of. Important, Peter P Bishop, important discovery by the Unitarians was that the proper way to judge an economic system was to find that system that would deliver the greatest good to the greatest number. In his opinion, FDR's New Deal took us a lot closer to that ideal. Think that there is a role for a concept of property, but there should also be a concept of public property as introduced by Teddy Roosevelt. He agrees that limiting the gulf between the rich and the poor is desperately needed today. Um, Trish is, oh, I'm sorry, Ishii is asking, commenting beautiful music and asking does Wes own its property? Operationalizing issues like no one is illegal Black Lives Matter and no one owns the land are nice but easy to say and more difficult to deal with. Certainly, good point, Ishii. Michael is saying, the history of humanity as a species is a history of oppression. It is necessary to explore our innate behavior to understand how to counter that behavior. I think with that very profound comment from Michael, um, which gives us a lot to carry into our week ahead, 
We will, yes, uh, we will shift, um, carry that forward, um, give us much to ponder. Thank you, Michael. And now, um, oh, one more, let's see here. Tony's saying during the Irish potato famine, relief was provided by Native American tribes. The recent donation from Irish people to help Native people survive COVID was a reciprocal act of intentional solidarity, international solidarity, inspiring, indeed. Well, as we are talking about donations, that's a natural segue into our share the plate time. And just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and our gifts. And as we prepare for the collection, I'd like to repeat our welcome to visitors. We do indeed invite you to be our guest today and ask our visitors not to feel pressured by the collection. We appreciate each, each person's generous giving as they are able. Usually the Sunday collection is split down the middle, half to our partner organization of the month, hence share the plate, and half to Wes. This month, because of the extreme timeliness of the work of You, You, The Vote, we're doing that a little bit differently. Last week, we donated the entire collection to You, You, The Vote. For the rest of this month, you have the option of donating directly to Wes through our website or text to give number, which you can see on the screen, or you can donate directly to you, you, the vote through their website or text to give number. That way the resources get immediately to you, you, the vote in this very timely period of leading up to the election um, or to Wes as you so choose. If you would like to donate to the Washington Ethical Society, you can text 202-335-1885 to give, or you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. If you would like to make your, connect, your donation directly to you, you, the vote, and choose whether to receive communication from that campaign going forward, visit https colon slash slash you, you, the gosh, vote slash give, as you see on the screen, or text the term vote love, V-O-T-E-L-O-V-E, -E, to the number 91999, all on the screen. And whether your gift is dedicated to supporting this community or to the work of helping people exercise their right to vote, thank you for your generosity. We also give thanks for our guest musician, Christian Perez. This song is El Condor Pasa. Thank you. 
Thank you so much to the many people who have helped to create this morning's time together. Inner music coordinator, Leah Morris, guest musician, Christian Perez. Thank you to Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator. Thank you to Jen Watson, who created our slides, and to Robin Kravitz for communication support and hosting our upcoming coffee hour. And thank you to tech host, John Leica. And thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. Please join us for a virtual coffee hour after the service. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll be divided into breakout groups for small group social chatting. And to get to the coffee hour after closing words, you can point your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour, all one word there. If you've been attending for a while and are thinking about whether you might like to become a member of the Washington Ethical Society, we would be delighted. Um, we are gearing up for a four session path to membership class, which is beginning on October 25th. If you're interested in attending, please contact Maceo Thomas at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. That is M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. Um, just an update that the BSA Troop 1123 open house that was scheduled for today has been postponed until Saturday, October 17th. And for more information, you can email scoutmaster1123 at gmail.com. Again, that is scoutmaster1123 at gmail.com. We have a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to check in during the week. Uh, and a variety of support groups as well. And you can check our website, ethicalsociety.org for details. So a reminder that our weekly 16th Street Vigil in support of Black Lives Matter continues each Friday evening. And now that it's getting dark earlier, the vigil and the sidewalk chalk art witness for all ages, both begin at 4.30. You can find details for these and all of our other events on our website calendar at ethicalsociety.org. And finally, thank you for being here with us. And as Johnny is very eager to hear about, <laughs> we have a special invitation from our auction chair, Sarah Morris. And here we go, Sarah, please take it away. Thank you. Thank you and good morning, everybody. Yes, the auction starts tonight with live online launch events at seven o'clock hosted by Marty Kaufman and me, where we'll go over the instructions for bidding and have some fun and get things started. Then the bidding will go on all week and we'll have the finale this coming Saturday at seven o'clock. All the details are on the auction website. There's a link to the auction website on the West homepage up in the corner and also in the email that went out Friday. So don't worry also, if you can't make it to either the launch or the finale, you don't have to attend in order to place bids. You can go ahead and register and start bidding. Thank you to everyone who made a donation you all really came through. The online catalog looks great and full, so let's honor those donations and commitments by bidding robustly all week. The auction, of course, is a lot of fun, but it has a very serious purpose of pursuing Wes's mission. If you've been financially unscathed by the pandemic, please share your good fortune and think aspirationally about a trip to Puerto Rico in February or paying way too much to own a pair of ugly lamps for the year. Every little bit helps, such as buying a humanist indulgence for $5. So 
So think of it like get out the vote. It's time to register and show your support for what you believe in. We'll see you tonight. Now let us enjoy together our closing song of the month, We Shall Be Known. We shall be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle around to tend these bags. We shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time potentially a time of great turning. And I now invite you to join us in our closing words. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, listening to our hearts, each other, and our neighbors in our quest for a better world. I wish you all a great week 
please come and join in our coffee hour. You can get there. The, the uh, link is in both the chat and on the screen. The password there you see on the screen and also in the chat. Um, please, if you're new to our community, connect up with Maceo Thomas, Maceo T at ethicalsociety.org or at tiny.cc slash westconnects. Um, it's, he's really wonderful. You definitely want to meet him if you haven't already. Um, we are definitely looking forward to seeing folks uh, in, next Sunday as well. Uh, welcome back via Facebook or Zoom in the coming week. Um, but hopefully folks will hop over into coffee hour and join us there for chatting where we're a little bit more face to face. You'll see more faces than just these few that have been on the screen this morning. Chance to really connect with each other, talk about platform or what's going on in your lives or out in the world. Um, so thank you again for being with us this Sunday. Um, hope to see you on future Sundays in other West activities virtually. Um, you can be in person, but socially distanced at our vigil on Friday evenings. Um, so please do join in with the things that we do, um, the work that we do um, to try and make um, ourselves better people and the world a better place. Um, so please do, do join in with us in all of these activities. Um, Oh, Maceo says he has brownies in the auction, bid on them, and he'll drop them off at your house. So like that, who could pass that up? That's going to be a hot item, I am sure, Maceo. Um, definitely come back this evening to participate in the kickoff to the auction. Be online for the auction during the week. Um, the wrap-up next Sunday, um, excuse me, next Saturday evening. So definitely look forward to seeing people um, auctioning through the week. And um, have a great week, everybody. Um, there are links related to today's talk in the chat. I'm sure those will go up via Facebook and, and up other places as well to, to dig in more deeply to the many ideas that Lynn shared and the research that backed that up. Um, so again, tiny.cc slash West Coffee Hour if you want to jump on over there now. Goodbye, folks. Have a lovely week. Thank you definitely again to Sarah Morris, um, Marty Kaufman, all the other folks that have K.O. Gamber, all the other folks that have been so um, busy making the auction come together, and it's now over to all of us to do the bidding. Um, so uh, looking forward to seeing how that all goes as well. Everyone, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a lovely week ahead. Um, thank you to our Facebook friends as well. Uh, we look forward to seeing everyone back again next week. Um, definitely check out the links for the musicians. They were terrific. That's another way to sustain this inspiration um, in the times between when we are together is to, to be able to go back and listen to that music and others uh, pieces that those beautiful musicians have put together. Um, but look forward to seeing folks in the coffee hour shortly. Um, last few folks still here in this big group. Uh, we definitely encourage you to scoot on over to coffee hour. Um, you know, take a, grab a, refresh your beverage um, and, and join others where you can connect more directly with them. It's a nice, a nice bit of social time to carry um, into the week ahead. Thanks everyone. Looking forward to it, to seeing you there. Um, and Maceo will be looking forward to connecting with our, our visitors and newcomers um, if you can connect with him. Again, tiny.cc slash westconnects or email to Macy OT.
thanks again for those who helped put the morning together and those who joined us. It was delightful to have you all with us this morning. And now into our afternoon, as it is now noon in our local time and space, um, or wherever it is that you might be today. Have a lovely week to come. You know, please do continue to reflect on these very important ideas of connection. What does it mean to think about restitution? Um, both, uh, you know, repairing relationship and the like in our relationships um, with all kinds of people and, and uh, correcting for historical choices that others made, but of which we are the inheritors and, and have an opportunity to act and correct as appropriate.